all week to sit next to you. All right. Hello, how are you all doing? I'm going to be completely, completely honest with you guys. I am extremely tired. Um, so, what I was thinking, uh, something a little unorthodox for a place such as this, but I want to give you guys permission to actually respond to me. And I was thinking, you know, some of you could probably maybe be a bit tired. It's night time. And it'll help keep me awake as well. So, give us some amens, some, uh, some come-ons. And uh, yeah, preach it. Love that one. Because that's what I'm doing. I'm preaching it. Uh, yeah, cool. So who's excited tonight? I'm excited. I'm tired, but I'm excited. Uh, because I believe so much that the Holy Spirit, uh, that God, through the Holy Spirit, wants to speak to us. Um, and not just that, but I think that the Holy Spirit wants to bring us understanding, which is what's on the screen. Um, and more than that, I believe that the Holy Spirit... Uh, wants to give us a passion or a hunger to actually seek understanding rather than just sitting back and kind of um, accepting knowledge, I suppose. Um, So I'm pretty excited about that. And for a little bit of a a story, if you will, that kind of uh, highlights that. Um, So, you know, before I got into ministry or whatnot, um, you guys probably wouldn't believe me if I said this, um, but I did not want to go to Bible college at all. It's true. Didn't want to. I didn't want to read books. I really, I was a movie guy. I just wanted to, who else is a movie person here? Just watch the movie. Yeah. Books were like pointless to me. They took so much, because back then it would take me like a year and a half to read one book because I was so lazy and slow. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so back then I, I hated reading. I did not want to go to Bible college. And then all of a sudden, God's like, yo, fam, you're going to Bible college. And, and like, things changed for me then. Um, and I actually had, like, a, well, um, we, we'll go with the word hunger for tonight. But I had a hunger to, like, seek knowledge and learn more. And, like, I actually really enjoyed it. And it's, there's a, something in my belly. Maybe it was real hunger. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and so last year, um, before I finished up college for a bit, um, I did an ethics intensive um, has anyone done like an ethics subject in uni or anything? Yeah, nice. They're fun, but if you do it in one week, that's a lot of stuff to discuss. And so um, we went through so many different topics. Like, um, what did we go through? One of them was like, what do you do if one of your um, your youth leaders is like um, living with their spouse or their girlfriend? We had a bit of a chat about that. Um, there was the topic of abortion and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So all the big things, good fun to talk about. Um, and it was great. Like, I feel like after that, I was, like, so on fire to just learn stuff. It was so good. Um, and I actually did an essay on the topic of abortion and how that, you know, what God thinks about that. And um, it actually highlighted to me how much in the past I just kind of, like, accept, accepted the fact that God, that I don't believe God, like... Um, agrees with abortion and so I didn't really I guess explore that to much extent before that um I was pretty content with what you know like my parents have told me um 
you know, what I've heard from preachers and whatnot, but I didn't really kind of seek to actually understand why. And so going through that research process in the essay was actually um, such a good thing for me because it grounded what I knew and my knowledge about it. Um, and after that, I actually just wanted, like, I think I spoke to Zach so many times about the topic because I was just so, like, on fire. Um, you know, this is why God doesn't like it, you know. Um, and so I had all this knowledge, but I also think that the Holy Spirit brought me understanding um, because I felt like he, um, I was learning more and more about who God actually actually is. And, you know, um, I learned that God actually cares about every single human being, you know. I mean, I already knew that, but... Um, you know, whether you're born, unborn, you know, there's verses that talk about how God, you know, um, knew you before you were even woven in the womb. And there's so much stuff that I learned. And one of the big things that he revealed to me was that um, that adoption, I think, is quite underplayed in, um, in our world. We don't really think about it too much. But if you think about it, God adopts us into his family as, as children of God. And so um, I think that Actually, adoption is actually a, like a little microcosm, a little small version of um, the way that God um, adopts us into um, His family. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm not used to this. So. <laughs> and so, I didn't just have knowledge, I was actually given understanding. And I was also given a fire to continue to seek understanding, which I thought was actually so awesome. So exciting. Um, yeah, and so in a world that we're in, this world, uh, there are so many different topics and there are different questions that come up all the time. I'm sure people have, have like, you know, if a non-Christian's come up to you and been like, hey, can, can Christians drink or should Christians get tattoos or all these kinds of things? Um, and my question for you is, uh, how do you respond yourself and someone comes up to you and says, hey, you know, can Christians do this or can Christians do that? Are you the kind of person that just thinks, okay, what did mum tell me uh, that one time? Or, you know, what have I been raised to know? Um, and that's kind of what you base it upon. Or are you someone who, uh, who thinks, you know what, this is what feels right. This is kind of what I'm feeling at the moment. So I might just sit with that and give that as a response. Or are you someone who has come to God with the question or the topic and, and actually allowed him to change your mind or to fill your mind into his thinking rather than trying to fit it all to work for your own thinking? So that's something I'd love you to think about. And so the good thing for us is that we're not the first people to deal with these kind of dilemmas, you know. Um, I, I'm pretty sure ethics has been around for a, a very long time and... Um, all those sorts of questions, and even simple questions as well. Um, so let's actually jump into some scripture now. And we're going to look at old mate Peter, uh, which I totally forgot but recently relearned is Simon Peter. Because um, we are reading the Bible the other day and I was like, who's Simon? <laughs> uh, but it actually meant Simon Peter. Um, yeah, so we're going to look at Acts chapter 10 verses 34 to 48. And to give you guys a little bit of context, uh, a bit before this, Peter was having a little nap, having a bit of a sleep, and the Spirit just dropped into his head uh, this vision of this sheet coming down with these animals on it. And um, God said to him, eat, eat some food. But Peter was like, I can't eat this food because it's unclean. And then God was like, well, actually, 
I haven't made anything that's unclean, so you can eat the food. It's a little summary of the vision. But he had that three times, so obviously it meant something. Um, and in this, we're going to be talking about Jews and Gentiles. Um, I actually don't actually know if Gentile pops up or not. Um, but so for a little bit of context, the Jews uh, back then were God's holy people. So they um, were the chosen ones, and they were very standoffish to Gentiles. They wouldn't... Um, go near them, they wouldn't talk to them, they were kind of like, no, you stay over there, I'm good over here. Um, yeah. Cool, let's do some reading. Does it, yeah, we'll just read off the screen, that's cool. Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, announcing the good news of of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day, and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen. By us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. I think that's pretty important actually realize today because um, the Jewish people back then were very judgmental of the Gentiles and whatnot. And so they were kind of being the ones like, well, you know what, I'm going to say you, we can't. I mean, it was based on tradition and whatnot, but they were basically judging the, um, the Gentiles. And here, Peter is pointing out that Jesus is the one who is the judge of the living and the dead. So I think that's quite important. So from verse 43, All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living. Uh, did we just read this one? Could we go to the next one? While Peter was speaking, and this part's really exciting, while Peter was speaking, was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So Peter's like, I want to baptize these guys, and if you have a problem, take it up with the Holy Spirit, because um, the Holy Spirit is basically just confirming what he's saying. Uh, verse 48, so he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. So I think the really important thing from this passage is um, the whole tradition based around Jews and Gentiles, because that's basically the message that he's bringing. The message is now not that salvation is just for the Jews and not the Gentiles. Now salvation is actually for everyone through Jesus. Okay? And so I think the important thing here is that uh, Peter is, is basically uh, going right against the tradition of the time. So he's one person against the whole of the Jewish uh, nation, if you will, which is a really big thing because imagine you going up against, I don't know, the whole of Australia or something, saying, I disagree, or I've got a new way of thinking. 
that would be scary. Uh, I would I would be scared. Peter is just the boldest dude I've ever heard of, because uh, that's crazy. And I was actually reading in a commentary that even the fact that he actually just stepped into a Gentile's house, that was completely unheard of. So all the Jews like that went with him would have been freaking out as soon as he walked in the door. They would have been just, you know, cautiously hopping in. But he stepped right in, which is so cool. And so we've got this new message brought by the Spirit uh, about the Jews and Gentiles both having salvation, that God accepts people of all nations, which is a great message. And what we see is that the Spirit brought understanding to Peter, that the Spirit brought correction and conviction um, on this tradition. Okay, just, sorry, read the same thing multiple times, I think. But yeah, imagine... Imagine if Peter just decided, like, so he had these visions and was like, that is some really cool information. Thanks, God. And then, because um, before, I don't know if I mentioned, but Cornelius sent some of his men to go collect uh, Peter. Imagine if when they came, Peter was like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to stay here. Don't worry about it. I think Peter would have missed a great opportunity to bring this message. I imagine that the message still would have got to them, but Peter would have missed out on something that's really amazing. Um, and I think that he would not be happy about that at all. And so what, what I think that highlights is that we can't just be stagnant, is the word. We can't be stagnant. We can't just be people um, maybe sitting around just getting knowledge and not using it. But we also can't be stagnant in the sense of us not uh, seeking understanding, if that makes sense. So I've seen lots of people, and probably me in the past, I would imagine, um, just sitting on what we already know or what we've been taught and not really engaging or trying to actually understand what we know, but just saying, um, you know, I know this because mum told me that and that's good enough for me, so <laughs> should be good enough for you, you know? Um, yeah, because Peter had the spirit to back him up, which was really lucky for him. <laughs> um, but we live in a world where there is so much information and so many different opinions different denominations, different religions, that it's really important that we actually, you know, know what we believe and why we believe it and actually seek to understand uh, what God wants and what God is trying to say to us. So my question for you is how hungry are you for understanding? I'm pretty hungry for food, but I'm also hungry for understanding. So how hungry are you for, for understanding? Are you only just hungry enough that you're going to, you're going to sit with what you know and say, you know what, that's, that's cool. My position's pretty set. I'm not really going to do much more uh, seeking. Are you only that hungry? Or maybe you're just hungry enough that you'll ask maybe one, maybe two people and say, you know what, I've done my bit. I've got a pretty good gauge on it. Um, and I'm pretty comfortable with that. Or perhaps are you super hungry? Are you really hungry for understanding that you're happy for the Spirit to change your way of thinking, the way that he changed Paul's and the whole of the Jewish nation then? Are you that hungry that you are comfortable with God blowing your mind in the way that he astounded the Jews? How hungry are you? Let's have a look at another scripture uh, in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 3 to 5. It says, Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it, as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. 
then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so what we see here is that it's not just something that's cool and like helpful to find understanding. It's actually something that God sees as hidden treasure. And when, I don't know if you've ever done a treasure hunt or a scavenger hunt, but uh, if you're if you're really excited about it or you really want to get to that treasure, you, you will stop at nothing to get that, right? And, you know, you might be going one way and then realize, okay, I actually have to go this way to get to that treasure. It's something that is actually a gift from God and not just something that He asks of us, which I think makes it even more exciting. The thing is with this, though, it raises a bit of a question. It raises the idea, you know, if we're thinking about the Spirit bringing us understanding... Um, and I'm sure some of you have been through this kind of thought process before. I, I have for sure. Um, but there's, there's this thought that comes across is if, if the Spirit's saying something to me that's quite different to what I believe or different to what I've heard, how can I know that that is actually God rather than it actually just being my own feelings? Okay, Because one thing I know is that feelings and thoughts, well, it's easy for your feelings to uh, kind of change the way that you think in a moment. You know, sometimes I'll be feeling angry and then I won't want to change my way of thinking at all. Um, and so my feelings will get in the way of that. Or sometimes I will be, I'll have this focus on one thing. And so when I'm praying and asking God to speak to me and bring me understanding, it kind of locks onto that thing. And so it's hard to, to distinguish, is this actually from God or is this something that's mine? Is this something that's just from me? And, and what's really interesting with Peter that, um, that I noticed was, is that he wasn't actually seeking understanding from God. He wasn't going, all right, God, give me some brand new revelation for these guys. He was just sleeping and a vision came to him. Uh, so what that says to me is that Paul was so in tune that he didn't even have to question that that was the Holy Spirit. Uh, that might have had something to do with the fact that he saw it three times, which is a lot of times for a vision. But he didn't have to sit there and, you know, discuss with lots of people, do you think this is from God? He just took it. So he was so in tune. And I don't know about you, but I'm not that in tune with the Spirit. <laughs> I, I don't just, I mean, sometimes I, I think maybe I'm like, this is God and I go with it. But a lot of the time it's like, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if you felt that way before. Because we're not all as in tune as Peter. As Peter was crazy in tune with the Spirit. So how can we be sure that we're hearing that what we're hearing is from the Spirit and that's not from us, or not just from us? Okay, this is not working. Good question, me. I have an answer. So, there's a guy called John Wesley. I don't know. Has anyone heard of John Wesley before? A lot of people. That's cool. I I've heard of him, but only just recently done a little bit of, not a lot of looking, but a bit of looking into him. Um, but so he was a, a great theologian of the past, potentially a church father, I don't know. Um, but he had this, these four pillars or four sources from which he, um, he got his theological um, ideas. And so every time he would think you know, of a theological idea or look it up or whatnot, he would go with these four pillars. And these four pillars are scripture, tradition, reason, and experience. And... I was a bit worried that I was going to, you know, not explain these well. So I found a really cool video of this, this dude in America, this uh, pastor dude, um, <laughs> explaining them. <laughs> um, he's a little bit cringy, but hopefully you'll enjoy some of the jokes. So we've got a little quick video 
um, of him explaining these.
Yeah, it drags on a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> so yeah, those are the four uh, sources of which we should look at. So when you come up with, you know, when someone asks you that question or even when you're in your prayer time and God says, hey, this is this cool thing or he gives a vision of, some, of a sheet falling, then these are the four areas we would go to. So scripture, as he said, was first and foremost because all the others are dependent upon it in the sense that um, because if you believe that, this, that the Bible is the you know, inspired work of God that is um, written by God and humans you know, together or whatnot, then, either, then if your experience doesn't line up with that, either the Bible is wrong or something about your experience is wrong, if that makes sense. Um, but so the way that we might look going through these, um, for instance, is if we looked at, say, communion. Um, if you look at Scripture, communion was done with, first with the disciples with one cup that they passed around of wine, I believe, <laughs> um, and some bread. Um, and so then if that's the way that Scripture says, if you look at tradition... The way that we've done it, I don't know for how long, but, you know, we will have individual little cups and little bits of bread, which is, you know, the same essence as what the Scripture um, shows us, but it is different, which is where I think we would move over to reason, which is where you would start to think, okay, so back then they had 12 people, which, you know, you could do that with one cup. You could pass one cup and get 12. But if you were to do that with 60-plus people, 100-plus people, that would take a long time, practically. You would have to refill the cup lots and lots of times, um, and you might not have enough bread. So, logically thinking, um, it makes sense to do it with small little cups. And then your experience, you would look at, how have I seen it done in my church? How have I seen it maybe done in other churches? How do I experience it? Um, um, Yeah. So, I hope that helps. So, you know, when, when you feel like the Spirit is saying something to you or when you come up with a really tough question or a tough topic um, and, you know, you've got this idea in your head but actually I haven't really investigated it, you know, um, then this is how we seek that understanding. Um, and the, th- the thing is that when we come to this, we have to be, we have to be willing for God to change our mind. Okay, like um, Peter was... In, in his, when he was talking to God in his vision, he was questioning it because he said, you know what, these animals are unclean, God, I can't eat them. Um, but God changed his mind because he said, nothing I've made is unclean. And obviously it wasn't that hard to change his mind, but sometimes for us it's actually a lot harder to change our mind because we've been so set in our ways for so long or we've had this idea that when we hear this radically different idea, we're like, okay, that doesn't actually make that much sense. Um, and many times I've had thoughts and I've been pretty like arrogant, uh, I don't know, uh, stubborn with them, um, it's taken a lot longer for for me to actually be like, okay, maybe I'm wrong and God's not, or I'm wrong and someone else who's told me this isn't actually wrong. So we need to be willing to have our minds changed or our minds blown, just like the um, the Jews. Because it was really cool to read the words like they were astonished about what they were seeing. Like um, I imagine they were as, like um, immediately astonished when Peter walked through the door of their house, they would have been freaking out and been like, this is crazy. This is completely different to what we know. And then the fact that um, they were seeing these Gentile believers that they were, they'd known for so long shouldn't be you know, saved or you know, it was just for the Jews. They saw them um, speaking in tongues 
and praising God. So that would have immediately changed their minds. They would have been, or they might have had to wrestle with it for their minds were changed in that moment. So we need to be willing to have our minds open, or our minds open to change. So I want to ask you one more time: How hungry are you to seek understanding? Are you hungry enough? that you're okay with just what you've got currently or with what you've been told? Are you hungry enough that you might speak to some, a couple of people, your parents, maybe, maybe the pastor, maybe the preacher? Or are you so hungry to seek understanding that you want to see lives changed just like, uh, just like the Jews in Peter's time? Are you so hungry that you want to know the answers that, that you've got a fire inside of you, that you want to ask God to bring a fire for you? How hungry are you? So will you stand with me and, and we'll pray and the band can come up. Um, and everyone else, let's stand. And so my thoughts today was maybe there are some people that are in that place where you're not sure how to tell if God is speaking to you or not or if it's just your own thoughts. And so I hope that this has helped, but I want to pray for those people. And I just want to pray that the, that the Holy Spirit will bring us understanding and that we will have a fire in us to, to seek it out. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much that you want to speak to us and that you want to reveal things to us, Lord. We thank you for what you did with, with Peter and the people of his time, Lord. And we pray for that radical revelation today. Lord, we pray that, that you put a fire in our hearts, Lord, a, a hunger to seek your understanding, Lord, not just what we know, not just what we believe, Lord, but to actually be willing to have you change our minds and our hearts to be more and more like you, Lord. And so, Lord, I want to pray for the people tonight in that place where um, maybe they've been stuck for a while and they're not sure if this is God, if this is not, and that's actually been the stumbling block for them to seek understanding, Lord. And I pray that you can, um, through this message, Lord, guide them in that process of actually um, looking at the different sources, Lord, and actually asking for that, that direction, Lord. And so, Lord, I just pray that as we go, that you will be there each step of the way guiding us, Lord, and that you will bring understanding, that you'll put people in, in um, our lives so that we can speak to them, Lord, and that we can not just be alone in trying to find understanding, Lord, but we will have people around us to go through this process that, that can seem quite hard sometimes, Lord. So we pray a blessing over everyone here, Lord, and we pray that um, we can have a great week, Lord, a a very spirit-led week, Lord. Amen.